Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with New York Times bestselling author Carla Neggers. Her latest novel, Keeper's Reach, is the fifth in her Sharp and Donovan series, and it's being released today. Carla, welcome. Well, thank you for having me here. Before we get to Keeper's Reach, uh, can you give us a little bit of background? This is the fifth book in the series. Give us some background on the two protagonists, uh, Emma Sharp and Colin Donovan. All right. Well, I have had such fun writing about these two characters. They're both FBI agents, um, so they have things in common and things not in common at all. Um, They meet in Saints Gate, the first book in the series, and Emma is a, oh, she's just arrived at a convent where she happened to spend some time as <laughs> as a novice mm-hmm. and finds a, a murdered nun um, who she knew. So, and her background is, um, she's an art crimes expert with the FBI, and she has a family of these world-famous, you know, art detectives. Um, her grandfather uh, lives in Ireland, and, and she grew up in Maine, um, where he started his his firm, Sharp Fine Art Recovery. So she has she has quite a quite an interesting background. And she meets Colin Donovan, who's just come off a undercover, a deep cover assignment for the FBI. And it turns out he grew up right up the road from her, a little town in Maine. And she's got this, you know, one of those cute, I think Cabot Cove, you know, kind of kind of um, Maine, kind of Bunkport, those kind of the real and the fictional places. Mm-hmm. And he grew up in a um, struggling fishing village, and his family's they're cops and lobstermen, and so they're very different. And and they come together in trying to find out who killed who killed this nun in Saints Gate. And we 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 go from there. They're they're at the heart of this ensemble cast of characters um, with this FBI unit that's based in Boston. There's a touch of Ireland. There's the main background, and and we go. The next book is Heron's Cove, um, which is set mostly in Maine. A little touch of England there too, and then um, Declan's Cross, Harbor Island, and now Keeper's Reach. All right. Now I have a confession to make. I had not read any of these books before, and I, I started reading Keeper's Reach, and I got about a third of the way through, and this is a really good thing, because I didn't realize it was part of a series. So, I, it, it, obviously, it works well as a standalone, but I thought, gee, this would be a great series. I wonder if it's part of a series. So, I went to Amazon and saw, oh, my gosh, it's the fifth book. This is awesome. So, I stopped reading Keeper's Reach <laughs> and started reading the first book in the series because I want to read them all. So, I haven't finished Keeper's Reach, but I obviously like these characters so well, and I'm just a sucker for this whole art thing. Uh, th- that's just a hot button for me, like art theft and things like that in books. It's so rare and fun that uh, I just kind of want to devour this whole series. So I'm now in the middle of the first book and working my way through the series. With well, that, that's great. With that being said, you write a lot of series. I, mean, you, I downloaded your book list. I, I went to your website, which is com, and unlike most authors where there's, you know, click here to see my five books, it's click here to download my book list. And I had, I counted, it's 62. Is that where I am now? Okay. That, that, <laughs> that's where it is. And there may be some that are missing, so, which is <laughs> astonishing. So how many different genres do you write in? Well, 
I write contemporary romance and then I do the suspense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started, I mean, I obviously started a while ago um, writing and I was very, very fortunate to, to dive right into the, the world of contemporary romance and always had a little, you know, little puzzle going on in the books and a lot of humor. And so um, um, I, and I still write, I have a series now, the Swift River Valley series that takes place um, in on the edge of the Quabbin Reservoir in Western Massachusetts, which is where I grew up, actually. Mm-hmm. And and there's just a fascinating history there because the reservoir was created by um, wiping off the map uh, four little towns. And mm. it's back in the 1930s. And so it's a, it's a fun backdrop with um, for a contemporary romance series. And, and so I've got that going, and then I've got now the Sharp and Donovan series, and I have some other suspense series that I've that I've written, and you know, you never say never about going back to them because there may be like a character here or there that mm-hmm. that I that I could play with. So, well, let's get in now to the, the keep to Keeper's Reach. I when I started reading it, it, I just you know I got sucked in right away. I love this whole. I, I'm probably not pronouncing it right. Is it Cotswold? Yeah, Cotswold. Okay. That's how I say it. So anyway. it, it, it starts in Cotswold. There's this whole old English feel to it, and there's an FBI guy, and there are these mysterious characters that that you don't really know anything about it. And it, it's a it's a great open to the book. Uh, give give listeners a little sense of the plot line for the book, if you would. Sure. Well, in Keeper's Reach, um, we get to know a little bit more about Colin Donovan you know, Sharp and Donovan series. Um, so Colin's family and particularly his brother, Mike, who's an ex special forces soldier. And he lives way down, if you know, Maine on the bold coast of Maine. Um, and he's an, he's now an outfitter and a wilderness guide, um, out in Maine and, and their world, his, his world as, and his background kind of collides with Emma and Colin's work as FBI agents. Um, Because Emma, you know, we have the Cotswolds here. Emma has been chasing this elusive art thief. um, And her family has too. And you you learn a little bit more about about the thief in Declan's Cross and then Harbor Island. And so in Keeper's Reach, he he plays a big role. We know who he is now. And and we've got this uh, another FBI agent from Mike's past coming into um, Colin and Emma's world, plus this woman, Naomi McBride, who is just one of, I have had so much fun with this character. She was an um, intelligence analyst, um, you know, with, with the soldiers back, with the State Department, um, um, back in Mike's day as, as a um, special forces soldier. So all of this stuff kind of comes together in Keeper's Reach. And, oh, gosh, it was such fun to write. And I can't wait to make my way through the next, the, through the first four books of the series so I can get back to it and, and actually finish the story because I really enjoyed what I read. But I, if, I can, if I have the opportunity to read a series in order, that's always my preference. So it's, it's always fun that you can just click a button on your Kindle and, and go get that first book. Isn't it though? And I've done the same thing as a reader. Um, I'll, I'll start and I go, oh, 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 wait, there's more. I really like this. And I'm going to go back to the beginning and read them all in order. Now, because I'm sort of a research geek when it comes to these interviews, I, I spent some time on your website this morning and I saw that you are also the kind of person who likes to do, we'll call it boots on the ground research. So you spent some time in the Cotswolds. 
Oh, I did. You know, this, this, I think of it as two kinds of research. There's the research that you go after because you know you need to know it. Uh-huh. You know, like um, maybe somebody, like a particular thing on forensics or a particular procedure for how um, an FBI agent might work. Um, and then there's research that you're just, it, you end up in, you doing something and you end up using it in a book. And that was with the Cotswolds. So I was actually there. Um, we were there on vacation and wandering around and I thought, oh my goodness. And so when this art, it was just a gorgeous area. If you've never been to the Cotswolds. I have not. Oh, it's west of London and it's these little, the twee, we call them the twee English villages with these honey colored (laughs) stones and tea shops. It's just very, very pretty. And we were there in the springtime. We've been there several times, spring, fall, summer, it doesn't matter. It's gorgeous. And, um, and so when we have this, uh, Oliver York, this this Englishman and his background, um, it just he just had to have this farm in the Cotswolds, and so that's that's where um, that's where it started. Was the research was just really me just wandering these. There's a lot of um, marked trails, his walkways the, mm-hmm. um, in the Oxfordshire Way and stuff that you can all through. They just kind of snake around all through the Cotswolds, and we love to love to walk and. And so, you know, just being a writer when I'm walking around, I'm thinking, hmm. And and I'm not thinking about a particular, I wasn't thinking about like a particular story, a particular character or anything. It just, it just when, when I was um, creating this character or the character was like emerging for me, um, that, that's where he had to be. So it was, it was, that was good research. How big a role do these unique settings play in your books in general? I guess unique depends on, uh, you know, where if like when I'm reading something set in a place that I don't live or I don't know anything about, it feels mm-hmm. really unique to me. Um, but the person there might not think it's so unique. So I, mean, I think San Diego is pretty unique when it's February. <laughs> I live in Vermont, so I, I'm, I'm here in February and I'm talking to my brother-in-law in San Diego. It feels unique. But um, I do, I mean, I'm, I know New England well. So the Boston, Maine, I live in Vermont. All, all of that stuff is is very familiar to me. And and it's just, you know, it's just a part of me. So creating that and creating characters in that is really fun. And then the Ireland setting, um, I we go to Ireland frequently. I think of it as a pop fly from Boston. You know, I haunt Aer Lingus for, <laughs> for, for, for good deals. And oh, so we that's go, a long we, pop fly. <laughs> well, you know, we go, we go um, a couple times, two or three times a year and um, for the last oh, quite, quite a while. And we just we just love it. So it's kind of our home away from home. And then there's places like, you know, the research. Um, oh, it's just so hard to do high tea at Claridge's in London. You know, <laughs> I said, I have to go. I don't know. I didn't try to write it off with the IRS. I think they would object to write, you know, scones. I had to be done. But <laughs> but, but that to me is that because there's a little touch of that, um, of London um, with our art thief, he has a place in London, and and that plays a role in Keeper's Reach too. Because we have Naomi is is she following the FBI agent? This the, who's not supposed to be doing? He's not supposed to be there. He's like meddling in Emma Sharp's um, in in her stuff. So what? Who is he, and what's going on? And is 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 Naomi following him, or is he following her? Um, and they end up going out to the Cotswolds and and running into each other again. So we get all that that suspense and tension 
but at the same time, it's a it's a unique setting, and and I think it's it's not coincidental that these characters are where they are in the setting is it can't just be anywhere. Mm-hmm. So when you're in the Cotswolds and and you feel like this um this this Oliver York has such a tragic past. When he was eight years old, he witnessed the murder of his parents and he was kidnapped and he was held alone in the Scottish ruins. Um, and, and then he escaped. And so the role of this, this farm, this place where his grandparents took him in, um, in this beautiful area with the tragedy of his past and who he's become and how he's living his life, um, all of that works together. So he couldn't just be anywhere, you know, in some pretty, pretty place. And it doesn't, it's not described. It's not a part of him. It really all works together. And you describe the settings with such richness. It, it really makes it fun for the reader to, to be a part of these settings and just sort of be able to absorb them while you're reading a story. It's, it's, uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Now, let's, let's talk for a minute about Vermont. You said you live in Vermont. I happen to know, because I was at your website, that you're also a runner and that you were training for a marathon. I live in Florida. I'm a runner. and uh, You were training for a half marathon. Sorry. I didn't mean to give you way too much credit there. (laughs) And I've run a few half marathons. I ran one marathon. It almost killed me. But I do all my running on flat land. I can't. I'm guessing that when you when you run a half marathon in Vermont, there's not a 13.1 mile stretch of flat land that you can run this on. Well, this is certainly correct in my experience, for sure. Um, there may be some somewhere, um, maybe up around Lake Champlain. I don't know, because I haven't run there. I ran the Covered Bridges Half Marathon um, in Woodstock and Queechy. Oh, I and love that area. Oh. Uh, it's really beautiful. And and it does, I mean, the route that we, we took does, there is a drop to it, but there's also... There, there are hills. There's definitely hills, and it was it was quite an experience. I'm very proud of myself. That was on June seventh, and I did finish, and it was lots of fun to go through the finish line. And and like two day, what was it? That was on Sunday, and Tuesday night we were flying to Ireland, and that might have been a bit too soon. Oh because, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, because my first marathon, I'm going across the finish line and I'm like limping because I, I, there was a little uneven ground and those hills in the last part and my ankles were hurting and, and they're saying, you know, do you want to go to the med tent? And I said, no, cause I figured I'll never get out and I got a flight to catch. So it, <laughs> it all worked out. I mean, I really, I discovered, I really, I love to run. I've always been a big hiker and I like to exercise and stuff, but I was not, you know, running. It just, I just wasn't a, a real runner. I'd never run more than, then probably three miles when I started this. And when I st- I started training in January, I should have been in Florida because, you know, it was cold mm-hmm. and snowy. So I had to do some treadmill and that's incredibly, I, I just find it boring. Other yeah, people love I, it. I'm, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't care for it. Yeah. But it's the power of incremental progress because for anybody who's like writing a book or, or, or taking on a, a big thing, I started out at in the end of January, running for a minute. And on June 17th, I ran the, the half marathon. So, wow. Yeah, that's tremendous. It just that, that just, and I followed a program and I said, what do I have to do today? Okay. I'm just, and I do just that much. And it really is incredible. And I got where, you know, I wasn't bored running. I love it. 
Um, and it, it's just been a wonderful experience. Now, you talk about uh, it being a little hilly there, and I, I think you're being modest. My wife and I have biked through some of those areas and through some of those covered bridges that you probably ran through, and there were a number of those hills that my wife just stopped on halfway up and waited for the van to pick her up and take her to the top so she could ride <laughs> down. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't blame her. There was, um, there was quite a hill after one of the covered bridges that um, there was just no way I was going to, you know, really run up that one. But I timed it so that was the place where, you know, you have have that the little jolt of energy, um, water, and one of those little the little block things. Do you ever do those? They give you energy. I need those. Oh no, I, those upset my stomach if I'm running. Yeah, I, I I really discovered that I'm not fond of the yellow ones. So. That that, but you learn things. You try things, and you learn them. And and who knows where that'll all show up in a book, right? Now let me let me tell you a funny story about running down here that y- you'll you'll be able to mock me in in stories about this interview. <laughs> um, there's a half marathon down here in January. You should come down for it. it it's actually a, it's a fun run, and it's completely flat except for a bridge. And it's not a big bridge. It's a little bridge that just goes over like a canal. And you you run 10 miles and you see that bridge. It's like you're going up a mountain. It's just oh. crushing when you see it. <laughs> yes, you got to check out the covered bridges one. And, and, and I, there is no way. I don't think I could do a 5K covered bridges, covered bridges run with all those hills. <laughs> It, it is. It's it's quite a distance, but it's a lot of fun. I love it. I run it. It goes along the Ottauquechi River, and it's a great place. And I, I just let my mind go. You know, the imagination of a writer, right? Oh yes, yes. And I hope it does wind up in in one of your books sometime. Keeper's Reach. Where can readers find it? Oh, any bookstore that they um, they love, they can uh, order it, or they'll it'll be on the shelves, or you can go online. There's um, and you can visit my website. There's links there. Yep, I saw you've got links to purchase at practically everywhere there, which again is com. What's the best way for readers to keep up with you and this unending torrent of books that you that you publish? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, signing up for my newsletter on my website is great, and I'm on Facebook and Twitter. All right. Carla, thank you very much for your time. I really look forward to working my way through this entire series. It's been a delight to talk with you today. Oh, well, same here. Thank you so much. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you like what we're doing here, the best way to support the show is to pop on over to iTunes and give the show a rating or review. Those help other readers find great new books like Keeper's Reach from Carla Neggers. Thanks for listening.